0: Eagles Entertainment.
1: Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Dave Spadaro with you here. I'm at the NovaCare Complex, back from the mini bye weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed the weekend. No Eagles football on Sunday. What did you do? I'm sure you watched a lot, and you saw that the Dallas Cowboys, like it or not, right now they are the class of the NFC East, and one of the best teams in all of the NFL. Terrific performance from the Cowboys in their win over the New England Patriots. We are, of course, also watching other teams that the Eagles have interest in, for example, The Miami Dolphins losing to Jacksonville. Great news for the Eagles, who own Miami's first-round pick in 2022. Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts registering a victory over the Houston Texans, and that's good, too. Carson played the entire game. Indianapolis won its second game of the season, and we want the Colts to compete because we want Carson Wentz to play 75% of the snaps this season, and he is on pace now. I think the formula is like 12 and three-quarter full games from Carson gives him 75% percent of the Colts. snap so anyway we're looking down the line with that as all eagles fans are we're also looking at this football team which has a big one on sunday the first of two road games this week it's the las vegas raiders the first time the eagles will go to vegas and play at Allegiant stadium i had a chance to visit that stadium over the summer it is beautiful and we do know that a lot of eagles fans will be in attendance the eagles have played well on the road this season, both of the victories coming away from Lincoln Financial Field. In this podcast, we're going to take our first look at the Raiders. Eddie Paschal from Raiders.com will visit with us, and look, that's a franchise that's been in a lot of turmoil of late, but they pulled it all together on Sunday to beat the Denver Broncos. A good performance for the Raiders. Let's begin this podcast and talk to head coach Nick Sirianni about many things, including the return to the team of right offensive tackle Lane Johnson, who's been out the last two weeks three games he's back we'll hear from coach Sirianni on the next step with Lane Johnson and a whole lot more it's our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni we welcome you into our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro and coach you had a little mini bye weekend I hope you enjoyed your few hours away from the facility here um let's take a look at what's happened you've had a chance to self-scout a bit as well what are the benefits of that? Exactly. What, what for fans? What, what does that mean to have those dead that day or two to really kind of look at what you've done?
2: you know each each week you're out there and you're just thinking like what do we need to do here to, to attack this team and and the, the time is precious right because you come in from a, from a game you review that game with the players and then you want to get right into first and second down of of uh, you know what you're going to do to attack and so when you have that when you have that bye week you have the, you have that extra two and that's not a bye week right, as we know but when you have those extra couple days you just get that extra time to prepare and to see a little bit more things a little bit more clearly of of how you know, yes, how you want to attack the team that's coming up, but then also, you know, what what are your tendencies, what are the things you're doing well, what are the things you're doing poorly, and you know, and just really get it to dive into that. And then you get to study around the league a little bit of what other some other teams are doing as well. So you know, whenever you get those extra two days, you know when you're when you're jamming in a workout a work week that you know with the hours that we work each week into one week, and you you give yourself forty eight extra hours there. Obviously, you're going to get a lot more accomplished and a, a lot more viewed and, and seen.
1: Was it revealing to you? Did you look at it and go, "Wow, I didn't know that." Stuff like well, that. Well,
2: no, you know, no. I mean, I think when you're in it and you're and you're you're doing it, you know, you know what you have a sense of what's good. You have a sense of what's bad. Uh, you have a sense of some of the things that you're doing. It's just it's more just confirmation of of what's going on, but also it just it just it just helps you of like you know seeing things even more clearly. Like yeah, we should do this more. Or we should do this less.
1: Nick, the, the offense has had some very good moments in six games, and not some good moments as well. How do you view the state of the offense looking forward?
2: Yeah, everything everything is like we just want to make sure that we're getting better every single day. That really is as simple as that. Um, but you know, we we got some plays out there. That we we've had some good stretches. We've had some we've had some bad stretches. And obviously, you just want to cut out the bad stretches. You want to continue to do the good stretches as 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 much as you can. But you're never a work. You're never a finished product. We never are. Even you know, from year to year, from game to game, it doesn't matter. Like you're not a finished product. You're working every day to just to improve, uh, and and to get better. So we you know the things that we. That we build our core values on, like we want to be even cleaner fundamentally in, in football IQ. We want to know what we're doing even more, uh, no mental errors out there, and just and just go and attack it. And and so those are two things that we can always always just put our hat on. Like, are we playing with good fundamentals, and do we know do we know what to do, and do we do we know how we're doing it? And so that's what we really want to we really want to continue to focus on of getting better at those things, and and the rest will follow after that.
1: You spoke last week about forging an identity with the offense. How do you do that? Uh, where do you think you are in that process? I know it's, it doesn't come right away. Nobody's asking that. But how do, you, how, how do you feel about where you are in that process?
2: Yeah, again, it's kind of similar to what I just talked about. Like, you, you're, you're a work in progress at all, at all times. Um, like particularly these last two games, I know we haven't played the way we wanted to on on offense, and it, you know, especially with how we aren't getting off to a fast start, you know, we're kind of getting into our game as we as the second half goes. We need to be able to get to a fast start um, each and every week um, to to make sure that we're putting stress on their offense. All right, when we when we when we step off the field because we we get we get a seven nothing lead, so. Um, you know, So it, we really want to start fast. But, again, it's, it's back to we know who we are as a football team. We want to connect. We want to compete. We want to have accountability. We want to have football, uh, football IQ and fundamentals. And those are the things that we're basing, you know, because the schemes can change week in, week out based off of who you're playing and and the what your players are doing, what players you have up, et cetera. All right, but those five things will never change. So we just we just want to make sure we're continuing to grow in that in those areas, um, and keep tweaking the scheme to get make sure we putting our position our players in position to make plays.
1: Speaking of growth, Jalen Hurts has started all of ten games in his NFL career. I wonder have you, how you've seen him make progress here in six games, and are the talking points different than what they were early? Has he built on some of those things that you were stressing early in the season? Yeah,
2: I see him. I see. I'm seeing him grow. Uh, I definitely am seeing him grow as a as a player. Um, he's he's always been a good leader and a great worker. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I definitely see him him grow as a player. You know. It gets the same, you know. It's when you when you have something that you want to work on. It's not like you say that and then it's automatically fixed, right? You just got you have to go through the progress of it. And that's something we'll always talk about with him. Is we know he's such a dynamic player with his feet. Um, and being able to get out of pressures. And, but, you know, you just slowly and surely want him to become a better uh, player within the pocket. And that's what I, I've seen, those, that growth in him. We want him to continue to grow in that and make the plays with his feet when they're there for him to make and not force them. And so um, I, do, I definitely see him uh, improving in that area. But, we just again, we're not a, a finished product. We just want him to keep continuing to work on that.
1: Nick, the players came back after their mini bye week. You met with them. How would you describe the mindset of this football team?
2: Yeah, that you know, don't ride the wave of. My message to them was very simple: don't ride the wave of of long NFL season. Right? Do we want to be better than two and four right now? Of course, we want to be four and two. Shoot, we want to be six and zero. All right, but it's a long football season, and if you allow yourself to ride the wave of of a season. Like, okay, you lose, you're in the dumps. You win, you're on the high of all highs. Like, if you allow yourself to do that, it's not going to go well. When you can stay steady all the way through and just truly focus on how am I going to leave this building here today better than I was yesterday, that's where progress is made. And eventually the results come. And, and so just don't ride the waves of the season. And that's how I think we're, we're all are as coaches and we all are as players. Don't ride the, the waves of the season because it's, it's bumpy and it will get really bumpy if you allow yourself to do that. Be steady. All right. Be, be you. Be, be getting a, get a little bit better each day. And the results, again, will take care of themselves.
1: Right. Uh, Lane Johnson is back with the football team. How was he received by the players, by the coaches? And what is the plan to get him back on the field?
2: Yeah, it's great to have Lane back in the building. Uh, we'll see how the week goes. Um, you know, just it's just good to see his face and have him back back in here. We know how big of a part of the football team he actually that he is.
1: Nick, his story is a real life situation. I mean, how did you approach it when it first happened, and and kind of now that he's back, what do you do as a head coach with that relationship, with that connection with Lane?
2: Yeah, you know, that's where that's why our whole thing starts with connecting. We want to be here for our players. Um, through the good and through the bad, and and just just let him, letting him know that we're here for him. Uh, we're here to support him. There's great people around this building um, to support him. You know, everyone cares and loves loves him. And so, uh, just just to let you know, when you when you go through times, you know, tough times, you just always always want everybody to know that we're there for you. And I think that's a big part of the connecting thing.
1: Up front, speaking of the offensive line, you've been able to get Andre Dillard on the field and Landon Dickerson and Jack Driscoll. Jordan, my lot of very young players. What kind of growth have you seen from them?
2: Yeah, I definitely have seen them put together games, you know, strings of games where they're, you know, you can see them improving and you can see them playing good football. Right? You don't you don't want to just always be, you don't want to be improving all, all the time and start off really low. Like, uh, we, we've just seen them improving while they're playing high-level football. So it's been great to see the... The, the, young guys, um, the young guys on that offensive line uh, come out there and contribute and play good um, and, and really give us a, an opportunity um, to do the things we want to do on offense. Again, we need to be better on offense, but I, I think that the offense um with those young guys have played well.
1: Nick, this is a very interesting time in the season, road games in Las Vegas, in Detroit. Do you see this as a great opportunity to galvanize and, and really have everything come together in every phase of the game?
2: Yeah, anytime you get an opportunity to step on the field together, you, you want to see that continuing to grow, right, and to, and, to, and to grow as a team and grow as a team. And um, so, you know, we, we look forward to our challenge that we have on Sunday, not thinking about any other game but Sunday. Um, and so we're, ready. We're, we're getting ready to go for Las Vegas and uh, look, look forward to an opportunity against a really good football team.
1: Final one for you. Looking back at the six games, where did this team make strides, and then looking ahead, where do you think it goes for this football team?
2: Yeah, you know, again, again, we've been we've played good in spurts, right, uh, on offense and on defense and on special teams. The strides you want to make is you want to be consistent uh, in all those phases, right, and so. You know, regardless of who you're playing against, where you're playing, anything, you know, just you want to be consistent in those. So, those, you know, again, there's there's proof that with with some of the football that we played, that like there's good out there. We just got to do it more consistently, um, over and over and over again.
1: Nick Siriani, our weekly one-on-one. Thanks for your time. Go out to Vegas and beat the Raiders.
2: Yep. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Go birds. Go
1: birds. Now on to the Raiders, a 4-2 and team leading the AFC West. They've got some explosive weapons on offense. They attack on defense. And from a talent perspective, this is a playoff team. But you know that it's the Raiders and there's always something going on. And of course, that always, most recently, the termination of head coach John Gruden last week after it was revealed that he wrote some very inflammatory emails back in 2011 to the Washington then Redskins and a really messy situation came to a head last week and the Raiders firing Gruden. And so you wonder, well, which way are the Raiders going to go here? Well, they pulled it together on Sunday. They beat the Denver Broncos on the road. They're four and two. And it sounds like maybe they've come through this pretty well. Let's get a really insider look and an honest observation about the Las Vegas Raiders. Eddie Paschal, Raiders.com. Glad to be joined now by Eddie com. Uh Eddie, thanks for joining me on the Eagles Insider Podcast. We've got a big one coming up on Sunday. Um, look, I, I guess I'm going to get right into it with you guys. Uh, amazing turnaround in the last week here with John Gruden's dismissal and the team pulls it together. I mean, what's your read on where this team's head is at collectively?
0: Well, I mean, first off, Dave, thanks for letting me come and hang out with you guys. always enjoy it chatting with our friends around the league, especially into an exciting, or leading into an exciting game like Sunday's, I should say. But I mean, really the state of this team, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head, Dave, where it's, a, uh, it's been a very unique week here in Las Vegas, I think, to, to put it mildly. Um, but really, I think when you look at, at the state of the silver and black right now, I think that the 53 guys and, you know, however many practice squad guys, I think they deserve a ton of credit for really kind of rallying together, uh, for putting together their best game of the year on Sunday against the Broncos. In a situation that, that really is, is kind of an unprecedented one for them. I think interim head coach Rich Passaccia has done an outstanding, do, ex- excuse me, outstanding job of really kind of steadying the ship, of, of kind of getting everyone collectively on the same page. And, and having these guys realize, like, hey, I know that we just went through a, an event that is really unique, that is really bizarre, that is, is something none of us foresaw happening coming into the season. But we're a good football team. we got a lot of football left to play. And Mike Mayock and him have really echoed over the past seven, eight days. They've, they've had the same message. And that message is everything that we want is still ahead of us. All of our goals are still ahead of us. And I think that you saw our Raiders team playing on Sunday like that, like just that, like they had everything in front of them. So
1: is the John Gruden story behind this locker room? I mean, obviously the team moved on against Denver. Now you return home. It, it, it... Is the worst of this story over, do you think, for the Raiders?
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I think that it's hard to, you know, I think that Mike Mike, kind of said it brilliantly where he's like, look, everyone in this locker room is going to have their own reaction, their own feelings to this, this story, and, and that's completely understandable. But I think that really the collective feeling right now in this building, in this locker room is, hey, we're looking forward. We're trying to figure out, you know, we have 11 games left on the schedule now. How are we going to make – be ourselves the best version of the Las Vegas Raiders over the, the next, you know, 11, 12 weeks now with the buy whatever it is. But uh, yeah, I think that now the focus really is just trying to figure out how to move forward. It is nice to come home. I think that this team is going to get an incredible reaction Sunday afternoon at Allegiant Stadium when they come out on the field for the first time. I think it's be a lot of fun to watch just uh, in terms of as, as a fan of this team, but I think very much on a, on a human personal level too. I think the fans are going to do a great job of kind of acknowledging what this this locker room with these players what this coaching staff has really gone through over the last seven, eight days.
1: Eddie, let's talk about the football team. Okay. Tell me if I'm wrong when I, as I read what the, uh, the Raiders have done in terms of what I've seen and what I've read and all the information that I've got and I watch them and it's a very talented offense. One that for whatever bizarre reason, earlier in the season just didn't get things going until the second half of games um but one that is extremely explosive in the passing game Henry Ruggers really got it going on Derek Carr and he seemed to have a great connection all good in that area uh but the run game has just not been there surprisingly and that's kind of just just kind of that usual early season inconsistency but but on the big scale the, the, the big picture this offense if you put it when if and when you put it all together wow i mean every piece is there um am i reading into it the right way
0: yeah, I think that's a pretty, uh, a pretty fair assessment of where this Raiders offense is as we, you know, sit here on a, uh, what is this, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, look, I-, I think you hit the nail on the head again where it's like, you look at this team, and on paper, there are so many weapons. Derek Carr is playing a really, really solid brand of football right now, uh, and it helps a lot when you have Darren Waller on the outside, when you have Henry Ruggs, you have Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Kenny Dr- I mean, we can go on and on. You know, this is a offense that coming into the year, we knew was going to was going to score points. We knew that they were going to be effective and really good at what they do. Uh, And I think you look at, you know, the running game and certainly the the struggles of the running game have been something that we have talked a lot about. Uh, I think they had a a much better outing on Sunday against the Broncos, but it is is kind of the one area of this offense that we're like, man, if we can really find a way to get Josh going, and we've seen it kind of in bits and spurts here and there, but we haven't really seen it for that full 60 minutes. Like we've, really become accustomed to seeing over the past several years uh but really you know it's a very talented group it's a group that you know even as of gosh what two three weeks ago was was a top five offense in the nfl so they have all the pieces there to put up a lot of points we kind of saw the best version of who they could be sunday against the broncos we saw like hey this is a this is the group that we thought we were going to get coming into 2021 so now if you can find a way to kind of get this offensive line to gel a little bit better. And I think they've really been improving week after week after week and allow your run game to get get going, too. I mean, I think that this offense can do some really special things.
1: My sense was that Derek Carr wasn't exactly on the most firm footing. At least that was the outside perception. What has he done so well kind of through the preseason into the regular season to get his game to a different level?
0: If it is, in fact, a different level than in years past. Yeah, you know it's you know it's a a tired sports cliche. You know I hate using it, but Derek is a guy who really, if you look at his career, has gotten better year after year after year. And and now he's very familiar. You know he's been with this organization for gosh, we're we're approaching a decade. As crazy as that is to say, and there's nothing that's going to surprise him. Uh, I don't think there's anything that he's going to see on the field that's going to surprise him. Uh, You know he's a guy who's gone through. No shortage of head coaches, offensive coordinators, all that stuff. you know, uh, offensive lineman really. Derek you know, kind of the constant change is almost the normal for Derek. and and really throughout the preseason, and really, especially on Sunday, we saw the best version of who Derek can be. And I'm not going to say that Sunday was his best game as a pro or his best game in X amount of years, but he really did show us that, hey, When he has the ability, when he has the freedom to push the agenda, when he can really do his thing at the line of scrimmage, when he can kind of survey and push, you know, do what he wants to do. I mean, he is a really, really good quarterback. And as I said, it certainly helps when you have Henry Ruggs who can outrun almost anyone on the football field. It helps immensely when you have Darren Waller, who is one of the premier tight ends in the NFL. But Derek is a guy, and as I said, who just gets better and better and better. And he is the unquestioned leader of this football team. He's the unquestioned leader of this offense. And we've said it a bunch that really, as far as this team is going to go in 2021, it's going to be however far Derek takes them. So
1: for those Eagles fans who don't know Darren Waller, and I'm sure most of them play fantasy football and know his value. Yeah. <laughs> pretty remarkable story. Um, tell Incredible. me a little bit about Darren. Yeah. What, what's, why is he all of a sudden so great? Where does he come from?
0: Well, I mean boy, we could really to, to start the the darren Waller origin story is uh is I'll give you a thirty second version How about that uh, essentially, Darren had a a really kind of troubled portion of his past that he's been incredibly open and honest and transparent about um his issues with substance abuse his um you know really desire not to be a football player, not to really be anything for lack of a better term. He was just kind of existing um he got his life together he's been sober uh he's really kind of turned everything on, excuse me, turned everything around for himself off the field. Uh, and that is, you know, kind of manifested itself in him turning into one of the premier tight ends in the NFL. So uh, for folks who aren't super familiar with Darren's on the field story, he was on the practice squad in Baltimore. Uh, the Raiders saw him warming up. Greg Olson, our offensive coordinator, saw him warming up uh, before the game, before the Raiders played the Ravens a few years back and said, Hey, this is the guy that we have to have on our team. Uh, Mike Mayak and John Gruden at the time then brought him to uh, Oakland, and he has just steadily gotten better and better and better, and you look up and he is literally i mean I know that i 'm biased, but I think he is the best tight end in the NFL, but he certainly found himself in that category of the Kittles and the kelseys and there is just there is nothing on the football field that he can't do. He is essentially another sports cliche. He is another uh, is essentially a wide receiver in a tight end body, and he is a lot of fun to watch play football. So, like you said, it seems like he's a very trendy guy to have on your fantasy team these days, but for very good reason.
1: Yeah, looking forward to seeing how the Eagles deal with him. Let's talk about the Vegas defense. I know a lot about the front four dynamic pass rushers. Max Crosby, relentless inside. Solomon's done a nice job. Solomon Thomas and. You know, you've gotten really good contribution across the board. Is that what fuels this defense?
0: Yeah, and I look, you know, coming into twenty twenty one, I think when you took stock of this Raiders team as a whole, <clears throat> excuse me, there were questions about this defense. You know, coming into the year, I I don't know if we had a ton of questions about the offense, like, oh, is there gonna be a wrinkle here, is there gonna be a wrinkle there, what are we gonna see from Ruggs? But we really I think had a pretty good idea. Of what we were going to see from this offense, the defense, on the other hand, was a big mystery, and it is no secret that last year the Raiders' defense was uh, ranked towards the bottom of, of almost any any excuse me any metric that you can find. And frankly, if the Raiders wanted to be better collectively this year, that defense had to take a dramatic step forward, and they have done just that. I mean, give Gus Bradley, the new defensive coordinator, a ton of credit. Because he has really come in here. He has put his footprint, his thumbprint, whatever print on this group, and they are playing an incredible brand of football right now. You talked about Max and Unique and, and Solomon on the inside. And the sustained pressure that this Raiders defensive front has been able to gener- generate through the first six weeks of the 2021 regular season has really been a blast to watch. Uh, and then you talk about the linebacking court. Denzel Perryman is out here doing his thing. KJ Wright, you know, they, we have guys now that are flying to the football. And frankly, it's something that we didn't see a whole lot of last year. So the defense has been uh, the most pleasant surprise that we could have ma- uh, could have imagined. And and you, know, you look at guys like Max, and, and Max is a guy who kind of flew under the radar a little bit, I think, on the national stage for the first couple of years of, of his career. But he is not doing that anymore, and he's deserving every accolade, every honor, every uh, every bit of praise that he's getting right now.
1: Yeah. You know, Eddie, it's interesting. I, I imagine talking to you about this time last week and thinking. Boy, I wonder what state the Raiders will be in and understanding that, you know, it can go one of two ways that what happened with Gruden could tear it apart or could galvanize. And I guess the early returns suggest that it galvanized the team. Would you um, say that's an accurate read from this far away?
0: Yeah, I, I think that I think it's a fair read. I think that's you know, obviously a, a question that we'll have a better answer to, you know, two or three months from now. But I think in that in the immediate right, I think just seeing the way that this group came out on Sunday. You know, I was talking to, I was talking to one of our, our local radio affiliates here this morning, and I said that when I watched the game back on Sunday, it just seemed like this was a group on Sunday that they were just excited to play football. And, and it's obviously been a very challenging week organizationally here, but I can't even imagine what it's like to be those guys in the locker room. And so when they hit the field on Sunday in Denver, it really did just feel like a group who was ready to go out and do their thing. Uh, and so I think that, like I said earlier, I think Rich Pistaccia has done a fantastic job of steadying that ship uh, of setting the tone for what the expectations are going to be for the remainder of the regular season and, and him and his staff and Meg Mayak deserve a ton of credit for getting everyone in the proper mind space headed into Sunday because they went out there and they played their most complete year, And it's going to be a lot of fun this upcoming Sunday. And I'm really excited to see what the rest of the season holds for this team.
1: As we all are, Eddie Paschal, thanks so much for joining. Sounds to me like the Raiders are just glad to be away from the distractions when they're on the field doing what they love to do. And sometimes that's the best place to be.
0: Absolutely. And look, you know, it helps when you're, you're foreign two when you, when you got a little mojo flowing your way. And I, like I said, I certainly think, it helps with this team now coming home. I think the, the home fans here, I think Raider Nation is really going to do a tremendous job of showing, showing them some love this Sunday, and, uh, and I can't wait.
1: Yeah, we, we haven't even talked about that. That's a whole other podcast. The Eagles fans yeah. meeting the Raiders fans in Vegas. Yes. That, that'll be a blast.
0: Hey, Eddie, thanks so much. Absolutely, Dave. Anytime.
1: And that will do it for this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I want to thank everybody for joining us. I want to thank Julie McLaughlin for stepping up in the production role as she always does. Peter Kelly, our main man, And Ray Doyle, thanks for all their work on this podcast. So thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. If you have a chance to join us, please do so post-game. That'll be Sunday. We've got a lot of coverage coming your way. Before then, we're going to get you into the Eagles locker room and just get a feel for what's happening with this 2-4 and Philadelphia Eagles team. So we got a lot to get to. The Eagles' schedule easing up a lot. Let's see if the Eagles can take advantage of this. With the first of two games away from Lincoln Financial Field, the Raiders and then the Detroit Lions. I'm Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! Beat the Raiders. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!